Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Adam Bendeli about relational intelligence and the importance of relationship building in the workplace. Adam Bandelli, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. How are you? I am well. It's great to be with you. I'm super excited to have a nice conversation about relationships in the workplace. We're going to be talking about relational intelligence and the importance of relationship building in the workplace. And of course, uh, you bring with you a whole bunch of background and experience in this area, as well as your recent book, that's titled Relational Intelligence. And so we're going to unpack all of that and talk about practical applications for leaders as we dive on into the conversation today. You're joining us from Staten Island area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And there's snow on the ground here. How about there? We have sun here, so it's a little nicer out here. Okay. <laughs> we, you know, we were well into spring weather until this weekend, and then we just okay. got snow again. So yeah, yeah. It, it tends to happen. Uh, in a few days, we'll be back up to the 70s, I'm sure. So as we get started, I wanted to share Adam's bio with everybody. Adam Bendeli, PhD, author of Relational Intelligence, is the managing director of Bendeli and Associates, a boutique consulting firm focusing on leadership advisory services and organizational effectiveness. He is also the author of What Every Leader Needs, the 10 universal and indisputable competencies of leadership effectiveness. His articles on leadership and management have appeared in such publications and websites as Leadership Excellence, Chief Executive in Business, HR Daily Advisor, and CEO World. And you can find out more about him and his team at BendeliAndAssociates.com. Wonderful to have you. Anything else you would like to share with my listeners by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in further? Yeah, I'd love to start just by sharing a little bit about kind of my personal journey around leadership. Um, so I've spent the last 20 years really focused on three areas, leadership, relationships and influence. And so I did my doctoral dissertation back in 2006 on the topic of relational intelligence. Uh, didn't call it that at the time, called it a different psychobabble word, but uh, this, this idea of relational intelligence is something that I've really focused on over the last 15 or 20 years of my career. And so uh, very excited to share it with your audience today. Wonderful. And maybe if you could just briefly uh, walk us through um, your journey going through a, a PhD program, writing a dissertation, you're doing research, 
yeah. then you, you're you're focusing more in the in the practitioner space now. Yeah. Uh, I like to consider myself a scholar practitioner. I'm a university professor, um, yeah. and and I do consulting work as well. Um, yeah. I, I'm just curious what your process was as you went through that journey. Yeah, so the process starts back in the mid '90s when I picked up Daniel Goleman's book, uh, Emotional Intelligence: Why It Matters More Than EQ. And that started me down a journey to understand what are the different skills and behaviors that great leaders do to connect with their people, to develop talent, and to grow their organizations. Um, Moving through my master's degree on through my doctoral studies, I really explored and said, okay, if EQ is one skill set really around emotions, and people can use emotions for positive or negative, you can use it to help people, you can use it to manipulate or use people. I said, there has to be a set of other skills that can be used to help develop people. Um, so I came up with my five factor model or my five skill model of relational intelligence, did my dissertation on it. We found that leaders who have high relational intelligence are able to successfully connect with their people and build strong, long lasting relationships that leads to job satisfaction, organizational commitment, retention of talent. So I did that. And then I started my career with a global management consulting firm where I spent a decade. And we really focused on three areas, one around senior executive selection. So helping companies select CEOs or C-suite roles for their organizations, a second space around leadership development and executive coaching, and then a third place around driving culture change, executive education and training. And so I really had a decade to practice these skills, refine these skills, both with my colleagues, but then also with our clients and the work that we did. And so things that we'll talk about in a moment, but like developing trust and embracing diversity, these things I got to practice and see with my team and in the work that we did. Um, I started my firm in 2016, really on the key focus of helping leaders build great relationships in an authentic and genuine way that they can connect with others. And so that's a little bit about the background of how we got to today. Yeah, wonderful. We have a lot of overlapping interests here. And, <laughs> and my my academic research really overlaps very well with, with your research and your dissertation work. And, yeah. and I try to do a lot in the practitioner space, uh, yeah. similar to what you're doing. So th- this is wonderful. I think we'll, we'll have a great conversation. Why don't we start with a little bit more of a specific definition around relational intelligence. You mentioned, you know, you called it something different 15, whatever years ago. um, And, but the principle remains the same and the application is, is what's really important regardless of the semantics and what we end up calling it. But, but why uh, did you choose to call it relational intelligence? Maybe unpack that and define that for us a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So We define relational intelligence as the ability to successfully connect with people and build strong, long-lasting relationships. So this is a different concept from people skills or emotional intelligence, which we define as the ability to understand your emotions, the emotions of others, and how to manage emotions effectively. So relational intelligence and EQ are two totally separate different concepts. Uh, The piece that I think really differentiates it from other areas is this thread or idea of authenticity. To build great relationships with people, you have to be authentic. You have to be genuine and sincere in how you do that. And so each of the skills that are in my framework kind of start and move through that thread of authenticity. Yeah. And being genuine and authentic, of course, is always so important. And relationships are of trust, mutual accountability and trust. That's what everything in business is built upon. Without it, nothing happens, right? And I guess the, the one potential danger, the caveat that I would just throw out there at the very beginning of this conversation is while relationships are super important, we also have to be cognizant of the, the bias that we have. It's human nature that we yeah. tend to surround ourselves with people who are like us. 
And so sometimes when we talk about relationships and relationship building and, and connecting with your people, and we talk about culture fit and all these sorts of things, sometimes uh, they're just used as cover for Mm. bias and inequities and and those sorts of things, because we just want to surround ourselves with other people who are like us. And I had a leader once tell me, I actually couldn't believe he thought this was a good idea, but I had a leader once tell me we were just kind of walking down the hallway after a meeting. And he said, you know what? My number one way of, of determining the final decision on who to hire for a position is who would I really like to spend the weekend camping with? And whoever that, whoever that would be, that's the person I'm going to hire. And, and I'm just thinking, okay, on the one hand, I love, I love the focus on relationships. On the other hand, I don't think he recognized his own biases and inevitably that's his, his own little kind of test of, of who can I hang out with and, and enjoy my time. Um, yeah. That little test uh, is probably setting him up for, uh, for challenges in the future in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion and such. So um, I know that's not what we're going to be talking about today. And that's not the focus of what you. you well, it uh, is, it is actually um, John, it is one of the five skills in relational intelligence. So the third skill we call embracing individual differences. Mm. And that is exactly at the heart of what you're talking about. Perfect, perfect. And and so with that, uh, let's get into those five different essential skills. You already mentioned three, your third one, and we can uh, talk about that more here in a minute as well. But why don't we start to walk through those five? Yeah, absolutely. So the first skill of relational intelligence is establishing rapport. And we define that as the ability to create an initial positive connection with another person. Um, how does that happen? What do people do to establish rapport? There's really a number of different things. It, it starts off with making a first good impression on others. And that ties into your appearance, how you show up in conversations. Can you draw people into a conversation? Um, the choice of the words you use really matters and how you come across what you say. A lot of times I'll talk to our clients. It's not what you're trying to say. It's how you say it. So that's really an important piece there. Um, finding common ground. You establish rapport by finding similarities in common ground with people and and going back to the piece you touch about biases, your own self-perceptions and the perceptions that you have with others can definitely impact that initial conversation or connection that you have with others. Um, but it's the energy and enthusiasm that you bring to the table that can kind of spark establishing rapport to really take off and build a strong connection. And it's simple things like maintaining eye contact, body language, and nonverbal behaviors. Um, and then the biggest thing that I tell our clients is make it fun. Use humor where it's appropriate to really bring people in. So that's the first skill. The second skill is around understanding others. And we define this really as the ability to be intentional about putting in the time and effort to get to know someone on a deep level. So it goes beyond just surface conversations. And to do that, there are a couple of different things you have to focus on. This is where EQ does come into the mix because you have to understand your emotions and the emotions of others if you're going to effectively communicate with them. But it goes beyond EQ. It also has to do with practicing active listening skills. Most people typically like to talk versus listen, or they prepare what they're going to say. Uh, So there's a piece there. It's about curiosity and inquisitiveness. Can you ask questions that go a layer deeper and not just surface level conversations? And then the whole idea of empathy. Can you put yourself in someone else's shoes when you're communicating with them? And so when we think about this second skill of understanding others, it does not happen overnight. It's an ever evolving process where you continually get to know someone over time. We talked about a little bit before the third skill, which is embracing individual differences. Uh, This is really the diversity bucket. And so we define this as the ability to acknowledge and accept that everyone comes from different backgrounds and experiences. Um, It's having a favorable reception to people who are different from you. 
Uh, and it's very simple things like appreciating racial and ethnic diversity, uh, age, gender, sexual orientation, cross-cultural factors, spirituality and religion. And what a lot of work is focusing on now is this whole idea of neurodiversity and mental health. And so the idea of you talk about the golden rule, it's really more about common decency and going a step further to really acknowledge people are different, to appreciate those differences, and then to really draw on that and create an inclusive environment. I, I think of this famous quote, one of my colleagues said that, you know, diversity is inviting people to the party. Equity is inviting them to dance at the party, but inclusion is asking them to help plan the party. And so embracing individual differences is really about inclusion and have everyone feel that they're valued and appreciated and that they have a voice at the table. The fourth skill is developing trust. This is the most important skill in relational intelligence. And we define it as the ability to be vulnerable and take a risk to be exposed to the actions and behaviors of others. And so for a lot of leaders, it's challenging to be vulnerable. It's something that people kind of step away from. Um, but in order to be vulnerable, there are a couple of things that you need. I think first, you need to really know and understand yourself. In the book, I call it the mirror test. Do you know how you're wired and what makes you tick, kind of the DNA that makes you who you are? And are you comfortable in your own skin? Um, if you're able to do that, you can be able to connect with people and develop trust over time. Um, trust between two people, I call it the bank account of trust. There must be this idea of intentional generosity. So why are you continually pouring into the relationship and showing your trust? And you do that through a number of factors. It shows up basically through your competence, through your commitment and honoring those to people, how consistent you are when you show up for people, uh, character and integrity. Do you, are you someone that has honor and respect in terms of how you treat people. And so if you focus on these things, developing trust leads to greater cooperation, team effectiveness, job satisfaction. You have people who wanna work closely together if trust is there. And then the last skill, John, is really cultivating influence. Uh, we define this as the ability to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So influence is not about manipulation or control or top-down authority. It's really about putting people and culture first. And so this is the most powerful skill within relational intelligence. And the way to do that is to help develop and grow the people around you. So mentoring and coaching, that becomes critical. Dynamic, life-changing relationships between leaders and their people happens when they cultivate influence. So those are the five skills, um, you know, and yeah. these are the things that we've refined over the last two decades. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill 
for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. I'm wondering if we can get nerdy for just a second. Uh, <laughs> if, if, uh, from the research lens, this, you just shared it from a practical application lens, um, those five specific things. And I think anyone listening can say, oh yeah, these are the things I need to be watching for. These are the things I need to be trying to do right away. Um, if we take a step back a little bit, back to when you were doing your dissertation research, for example, I'm wondering if you can just walk us through um, kind of the science behind this, because yeah. you, you, you've, already, you've already made reference to some of these relationships um, uh, in, in the model, right? The, the statistical relationships, the, 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 uh, how, how certain aspects influence the outcomes that we want. So organizational commitment, engagement, job satisfaction, for example, those are good outcome variables that we yeah. want. And we know that that drives a whole slew of other positive things in organizations. So walk Absolutely. us through just a little bit about the research behind these five core um, leadership essentials and skills that feed yeah. into relational intelligence. Yeah, yeah. So the research started with kind of understanding and unpacking emotional intelligence. So when Goldman came out with his book in the mid 90s, there were a number of different psychologists and researchers that looked at it from different angles. Um, Goldman was very kind of broad and had an umbrella turn where he had it focused on self-awareness and relationship management, self-regulation, which really didn't really get at the essence of how people build relationships. And so I started to look into things like political skill or things like uh, influence without authority. And what I found is when building relationships, the five skills that are in the model, those consistently showed up to be behaviors and skills you can practice, not a personality trait, not a disposition. And so, you know, a lot of the issues that happened with emotional intelligence when the research started was people didn't know if it was a personality factor like extroversion or introversion. And so as I was building this model out with my dissertation, I wanted these to be skills that people can learn and practice, not necessarily say, hey, you're an introvert and you're not going to be able to do this. Some of the best introverted leaders that I work with are great with relational intelligence. Um, so, so that was the kind of research basis to come up with the five. And then we had to prove statistically that those five even mattered. Um, were there correlations that were either too high or too low with EQ or political savviness or organizational behaviors? Uh, and what my dissertation, the research that we found is this is in fact a separate construct that adds incremental validity when you're measuring job performance or you're measuring job satisfaction above and beyond political savvy skills or above and beyond EQ. And I imagine, uh, you know, for anyone who kind of is a statistical guru, you probably did things like reg multiple regressions and factor analyses and, yeah, and those yeah. sorts of things. And we're not going to dive into all those details, yeah. but I, I bring this up just because sometimes when we talk about these types of topics, people yeah. think, oh, it's really just kind of the warm, fuzzy, fluffy yeah. stuff of business. Yeah. It's just woo woo. Like, yeah. Yeah. but, but like, give me the facts, give me the bottom line. And the bottom line is the, the academic literature and the statistical uh, validity of these constructs has been replicated. Uh, it's been shown and replicated in study after study after study for decades. And each of these factors is important. It's not just us saying we think it's important. We know it's important. We've done the research. I've done a lot of research in this area as well. 
I mean, it's, it's as close to kind of social science fact, I think, as we can get <laughs> um, yeah. with as messy as, as the social sciences and, and human interaction <laughs> yeah. is, yeah. you know, th- th- we know these things are important. They will be yeah. impactful. We need yeah. to develop these skills. And if yeah. we don't, it's going to be to our detriment. We're going to be less impactful leaders, less influential. We will have um, an inability to to get things done and, yeah. and drive success for the organization. But when we can de- develop these essential skills yeah. uh, and leverage them, yeah. then it, it will lead to all sorts of positive outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. And not to get super, super nerdy, but I'm trained as an industrial organizational psychologist. So you talk about multiple regression factor analysis. My team launched a study uh, really last year to kind of see if it's still applicable now as it was back in 2006, 2007, when I did my dissertation. And our confirmatory factor analysis showed that there are, in fact, these five factors uh, that they do predict behaviors above and beyond EQ or political savviness. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. So for anyone listening, if, if you, I, I suspect people who listen to this podcast are already biased towards thinking these things yeah. are important as we're sharing them. But yeah. if, if, if you doubt, uh, reach out to me and I'll share some literature with you <laughs> because yeah. it's, it's so, it's, it's so well supported, um, or better yet, check out, um, relational intelligence, the book. And, uh, I'm sure you, you spelled that out, uh, in thorough detail there as well. So that's, that's fantastic. Uh, so, we have these five core essential skills that are really important uh, in, in developing these, these meaningful relationships in the workplace. And it's all built upon a foundation of authenticity uh, and being genuine, absolutely important. Um, What, what would, how would you respond to someone who says, well, yeah, I I get why relational intelligence would be important, but that's not really my skill set. I'm really good. I'm a really good operational person. Uh, I'm really good at crunching the numbers. I'm, you know, so I'm going to focus on those aspects of my leadership and I'm not going to spend so much time on these, these other relational skills. How would you respond to that? So my response would be, uh, I would respond with a question, what level are you in the organization? So when people come into organizations as individual contributors, your subject matter expertise or your technical expertise really matters. So you think about finance actuaries or CPAs, you know, that they, they have to know the numbers. They have to focus on that. But as you move up in an organization, It becomes less about what you know, and it becomes more about what you can get done through others. So these leadership skills, these relational skills, if you move from middle management to vice president, vice president to SVP up to the C-suite, they become even more prevalent and important because your job is now to influence people without authority. You have to work cross-functionally with colleagues and peers. You have to interact with people in Wall Street. You have to interact with people on your board. So a lot of the skills that are important for relationship building matter as you move up in a company. And maybe if you have any examples off the top of your head of, of how these skills will help us to be more impactful and effective as leaders. Yeah, I give you a great example of a leader I've been working with for the last two years. Um, He came into the organization at a time where they were creating new roles around leadership development, around strategy for the business. Um, And he came in with the the idea about how he wanted to drive his team, but he also knew that he had to hire a number of people and he had to build out a culture of what that team was going to look like. And so he used the relational intelligence framework and model 
to first identify people early stages that he'd want to recruit and retain and onboard. But then he also built up a whole program around what the team would look like. So the exchange of ideas and how to develop trust, ultimately being able to embrace diversity and bring folks around the table that were diverse backgrounds experiences. So over the course of our coaching relationship that lasted over two years, he was not only able to bring people on the team who were different, he created an inclusive environment where people knew that they were not just doing jobs, but that they were doing it collectively and collaboratively. Um, and they were able to really build a strong function in the business that supports the other areas of the company. That is a great example. Uh, and and I would encourage listeners, you know, to to stop and think about your own track record, your own history uh, in your current organization or even a past organization. I suppose if it's if it's relatively recent, um, think about your experience with re- relational intelligence and how that's been leveraged, or perhaps uh, things that maybe you would have chosen to do a little bit differently in, in hindsight, uh, in retrospect, uh, and, and for yourself. But also think about those that you've seen around you. Uh, that have that you've seen um, to be either exceptionally effective uh, yeah. or perhaps uh, exceptionally ineffective, um, <laughs> ineffective incompetent, whatever, um, however you want to frame it. And yeah. the, the bottom line is we can learn a lot from those examples, both the good and the bad. Uh, I'm sure. thinking right now, I'm thinking of a particular senior uh, executive leader that I've worked with off and on over the years for at least the last decade. And I'm thinking, you know, he is exceptional at relational intelligence. Um, He, he didn't, he kind of, he, he, his, his path towards his, his executive role was not a traditional path. And he, in fact, he kind of zigzagged and even skipped some rungs and that really bothered some people um, in his organization to see him kind of his meteoric rise. And on the one hand, I could see where they're coming from. uh, But on the other hand, I think about him and I think all those five skills that you mentioned, he yeah. is exceptional, yeah. uh, not, not just passable or competent, but he is exceptional uh, yeah. at all of those areas. So whatever he may have been lacking in years of experience uh, or some tech form of technical skill, uh, he, he is, he has shown himself to be exceptional in relational intelligence. That's why he was ultimately elevated to that role. And to your point earlier, that's actually what we need people in those roles to do. We don't need people in senior executive roles to be micromanaging their people. Uh, We need them to trust in their people, put together great teams and then empower them and and leverage their people to accomplish great things. And, And that's, that's the difference between a really effective, um, impactful senior leader uh, versus how, what ends up happening for a lot of senior leaders where they, they don't really get there. They, they, they yeah. just kind of continue to um, try to assert themselves via their expertise. And then whether it's their intention or not, they end up micromanaging, they end up disempowering, disengaging, and, yeah. and, they're, and they just aren't as effective. So, you know, I, I think of that example as just a prime example of, of the importance of relational intelligence. It's going to help us to find success in our careers and in business. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And it's funny that you're mentioning that we just released an article on CEO World today about the relational intelligence blind spots or derailers. So you give an example of a leader who really models and has relational intelligence. There are certain factors that can prevent people from building strong relationships. So if you are unable to manage your emotions, we've all seen the leader who can lose their cool or temper in a meeting and really destroy trust. This idea of lack of authenticity. 
If you are not authentic, people will pick up on it quickly and know if you're being Machiavellian or you're trying to get to your own means to an end. Um, damaging or destroying trust. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You destroy trust with people, they're not going to want to work with you going forward. Um, you think about lack of self-awareness, lack of social awareness. All these things play in as you're getting to know and build relationships. And then our unconscious biases. You know, you started our conversation today talking about that one leader who wanted to go camping with people and enjoy it. There are unconscious biases, stereotypes, prejudices that we all have, even if they're subtle, that if we don't know about them or we have closed mindsets, we're not going to be able to build relationships. Well said, Adam. This has just been a fascinating conversation. We've only scratched the surface. I imagine we could go on and on, but uh, we're going to need to wrap up here in just a few minutes. Before we close for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your, your team, your book, and then yeah. give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, absolutely. So relational intelligence, the five essential skills you need to build life-changing relationships will be available everywhere books are sold at the end of May. Um, if your listeners want to follow us in some of the promoting that we're doing about the book, they can follow me on LinkedIn. Just look up Adam Bandelli. You can look up, up on Instagram as well at official underscore Bandelli Associates. Uh, we also have information on our website, bandelliandassociates.com. And so that's the place all your listeners can go to. Um, I guess I'd want to finish with a lot of leaders say to me, what's the so what factor, Adam? Why does it matter about relational intelligence now in 2022? And I think there are four things I want to leave your listeners with. I think number one, most importantly, we are coming out of a global pandemic right now where most of us have done our communications interacting on Zoom or on video conferencing. We've lost that human element of being face-to-face -face in the room with people. And when that is not there, you miss out on the collaboration, the connection that people have doing it together in the same place. I think the second thing, you look at where we are from in 2020 around social justice, the idea of inclusivity is different now than it was 10 years ago. And so it's much more important to embrace individual differences now than ever before. Um, you look at where we are in the great resignation. People are not just leaving companies for pay, title, promotion. They're leaving companies because of the relationships that they do not have with their bosses. You think about that saying, people don't quit jobs, they quit their bosses. And then the fourth piece and the most important piece that's tied to all this is where we're going from a technological standpoint. Automation is becoming more and more prevalent in organizations. The roles that leaders have now have to be redefined and rechanged. And so relational intelligence is a way leaders can mentor, coach, and develop their people. Excellent closing summary there and great advice, Adam. It has been a pleasure talking with you. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Adam and his team can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer than indigo leadership the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for your individuals, teams, and organizations. 
check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.